0: Welcome to Money and Taxes from BB to XYZ. I'm Regina Neenan, Certified Financial Planner.
1: And I'm Jason Spessener, Certified Financial Planner and Enrolled Agent.
0: On today's episode, we are going to talk sinks and dinks. Sink stands for Single Income No Kids, and dink stands for Dual Income No Kids.
1: Now, hold on. I've also heard about this other sort of sink and dink. It's, it's Is it a sink wad and a dink wad?
0: Single Income No Kids with a dog, and Dual Income No Kids with a dog. With a dog. And uh, this past weekend, while I was scrolling my Instagram, I also came across Sink Whack and Dink Whack. So instead of a dog, it's with a cat. And that happens to be me.
1: Okay. So cats get some representation. Yeah. haha You are our resident Dink uh, here at Dink Whack, as you've, you've said. So I guess uh, t- tell us a little bit more.
0: Yeah. So uh, myself and my partner, we have a cat. So we're dual income, no kids, with a cat, dink whack.
1: Yeah, myself, Casey, my wife, is on a bit of a mid-career sabbatical. I guess we are single income with kids. I don't know what that actually ends up being, but we had planned to have two kids, sort of the you know, we're going to have a couple pregnancies. And sure enough, on our second pregnancy, we ended up with twins. And so now a three-child household, love every second of it. It definitely keeps myself and Casey on our toes and we ha- have a ton of fun with it. So wouldn't trade it for the world, but obviously the planning considerations are different when you have children. And so today we are going to focus on the financial planning considerations when you don't.
0: So Jason, you clearly made plans to have your family. And when my partner Zach and I sat down to talk about that way back, I don't even know how many years ago now. But um, when we were talking about, you know, should we get married? Should we have kids? Should we kind of follow that life script? We decided that no, marriage and kids were probably not for us. And that is how we became dink Wax.
1: Now, how much of that do you think was on the financial side. Was there a financial element to it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There definitely was. When we were thinking about what we wanted our lives together to look like, we were- broke college students. And so we decided, hey, we kind of have the option here of maybe traveling more, of going out and doing the things that we want to do, um, just the two of us. And that definitely drove our decision because we decided, hey, we would rather have it, you know, just be the two of us and be able to do more than maybe we could afford otherwise if we had children. So, um, let's take a dive into our generations here because, you know, obviously younger people who can still have children if they chose to, that's an option for our baby boomers um, unless they choose to adopt. Probably not. One of the things that I come across a lot when I am, uh, again, scrolling through Instagram, I always see people say, you know, like, who's going to take care of you when you're older if you don't have kids? So Jason, I would love for you to tell me about um, what some of the baby boomers who you work with who don't have children have planned for their later years. Who's going to take care of them?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting consideration. And I think for baby boomers and as you age, you don't have children and you start to think about where does this go from a... Financial planning standpoint, there's a couple of things that really stand out to me. One is the long-term care side of this, right? It is the as you age and you need, you know, just some extra help around the house, even a married couple. So, sink or dink doesn't matter here. It's likely that you're going to need some help at some point in time. It's it's very possible. On um, the other side of this too is estate planning, it's sort of where your assets, your investments, your property, etc., goes when you pass on. And that's obviously a different thing when you don't have children because, you know, if you have kids, it's fairly standard, not all the time, but you're going to leave your estate to your children. And of course, when you don't, then there's sort of extra considerations there. On the long-term care side, it's it's really about coming up with a long-term care plan not necessarily you know going out and buying long-term care insurance right that's just one potential solution to having a long-term care plan but a long-term care plan simply involves just determining if and when you need care and if and when you need that extra assistance whatever it is just knowing how that's going to come to fruition and how you're going to pay for it is it going to be your home is it going to be some investments that you hold is it going to be insurance and so those are the sort of planning considerations that are be boomer, sinks and dinks. Those are the conversations we're having to make sure that that is the bedrock of the longer term financial plan for, for, those, for those clients.
0: For sure. I know when it comes down to it financially, if you need care and you have to pay someone to do it, there's going to be money involved. Mm-hmm. So I hear sometimes people say, you know, who's going to be taking care of me later? Well, your kids, because your kids are, you know, tomorrow's professionals in the medical field. And, um, mm-hmm. You know, part of my planning is also to have that that long term care plan in place, so that I can hopefully afford care when I need it from other people's children.
1: There you go, that's right,
0: Jason. You brought up another really important point there, and this um, really extends through all the generations, and that is estate planning. I alluded to the fact earlier that I'm unmarried, and so for couples. Who are, you know, we are our dinks, our dink whacks, and um, our dink wads here. Um, If they are unmarried, talk a little bit more about estate planning and how they can really use that to ensure that everything goes to their significant other in a worst case scenario.
1: Or not, right? I mean, here's the thing with sinks and dinks, estate planning, I I feel like, is sort of an underrated. Part of the financial planning process. And I say that because it's, it's almost seems like you would draw this conclusion that, well, I don't have kids. Everything's really straightforward. It's just me. So why do I need to have an estate plan? Right? It's just going to go where it's going to go. It's not really going to matter. And that's where it's, you know, in some ways underrated because it's actually more important. There's less guidelines, right? To where your property goes when you don't have a very clear set of heirs or children or your grandchildren and so on to, to inherit, it needs to be very specific and you need to sort of leave these instructions in a way that will meet your wishes. And, and of course you accomplish that through a last will and testament, through a trust, whatever it is. But yeah, absolutely. Making sure that your property, which typically will, you know, in, in a, almost every case pass to your spouse. But then from there, what are your wishes beyond that? Where do you want dollars to end up when you both pass away? Are there, are there causes you want? Support? Do you have extended family you want those dollars to go to? Maybe you have a niece and a nephew, and the nephew just sort of uh, needs a little bit of extra help. Perhaps it's you know a spendthrift trust or a special needs trust or something where you need to make sure that there are very specific instructions to make sure that you're passing along your assets in, in the right way. And so, like I said, estate planning becomes huge, 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 and even more so in sort of this, like I said, underrated way for sinks and dinks for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in my head seeing all like the sink and dink aunties and uncles who absolutely spoil their nieces and nephews so (laughs) thank you for that that mental image there jason
1: And, and and rightly so but of course you know preparing yourself to spoil them is not the end goal but it's certainly a byproduct of it so being well prepared financially is is good news for everyone involved
0: so moving a little bit more into our gen xers here Jason, what are your thoughts around Gen X sinks and dinks? Like what's unique for them? Because for people who do have children, they're the sandwich generation right now.
1: So here's here's the one thing that stands out to me when I think of Gen X with no children, and that is no college funding, right? So you have this sort of problem that a lot of people your age or, or a little younger than you have to solve right now. And that is how do they pay for their kids' education? And you don't have that, right? And so that sort of opens up a different set of possibilities. Now, I'm a, I'm a very you know strong proponent of sort of this dual purpose planning where you are saving for not only your long-term future in retirement, but also your kids' education if you had them. So in this case, as a sink or a dink, um, you just sort of subtract the education component of this. And maybe that streamlines sort of your, your path towards your goals. Maybe you're able to reach your goals a little quicker because you don't have that larger education funding bill. And that's great, right? That's great that, that that's sort of not there for you.
0: Yeah. And then also, you know, say that you do have baby boomer parents who, maybe didn't do their long-term care plan and they need a little extra help. You've done your saving well without children's education to pay for. You might be able to help mom and dad get a better quality of care.
1: And that's just it. Sinks and dinks don't have kids of their own, but they are kids of someone else and maybe have that sort of support minded need in place and need to help either assist with their parents, maybe their aunts and uncles themselves, right? I mean, maybe there is some extended family that's also in the same sort of scenario and you're in that fortunate place as far as what your goals or needs are at that point in time. And as far as what you need to actually spend dollars on to be able to help in in some cases.
0: Yeah, there goes my my auntie and uncle image there. Um, maybe you were the, the spoiled child of a, a sink or dink family member who loved you very much and who you want to kind of repay by by taking great care of them in their older years. So, yeah, Jason, do you see a lot of your Gen X clients using their financial planning skills to like build up a vacation fund or buy a second home? What are they doing when they're not paying for their children's education because they don't have kids?
1: Yeah, it's more sort of resource intensive for other things. There's just more available. And so it becomes things like vacation home, more more travel in general. Dollars for maybe different projects, maybe a kind of more involved set of hobbies or retirement that they're preparing for. And recently I've had a few clients that have been interested in taking up flying, for example. And so there's this sort of budget to be able to pay for a very expensive hobby, but one that will transcend not only their working lives, but then also into retirement. And so, just having you know the resources and budget available to do things like that—that's the financial impact of it. I mean, it's frankly right, like you mentioned at the, at the top of the show, you consider these things in in your decision making to not have children, and, and this is sort of where it the snowball gets gets larger, and you're able to you know deploy your resources a lot differently than if you had three or four college educations to pay for or at least help out with.
0: Yeah, or even just the expense of raising children, which bridges us now into millennials you know folks now if they don't have kids aren't spending money for education for clothes for school for all the things that go into taking care of a child which i wrote a blog a while back and i wanted to say that it was somewhere around $100,000 to to raise a kid and that's not obviously not counting college education
1: now is it only 100,000 is it more like 400k, I feel like.
0: No, no, no. Um, so I just looked this up and, uh, it's way more. It's over 270,000 to raise a child to age 18.
1: I was gonna say, so. if, if, if it were only 100k, like, thank goodness I'm almost there, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think this is bare bones.
1: That's exactly it. It's it, having kids is expensive. And I am a millennial with three of them and I can give a testament to, to that fact. And it's just things you don't think about, things that kind of, Crop up every now and again. That's just like, wow, that that is an expense we need to deal with. I have braces coming down the pike. I'm sure, you know, that's one that everyone has a lot of fun with. You have summer camps, you have school activities. One of my uh, children is into competitive dance, and other is into competitive baseball. And there you go. You've got you've got all of a sudden bills that are equivalent to, to college tuition sometimes. So. It is absolutely a expense for those with kids. So then on the other side of that, without kids, this is sort of the opportunity now where again, much like your Generation X folks who are in their peak earning years, as a millennial, you are in this place where you're not quite at your peak earning years. You have probably have a foothold in your profession. You're probably really starting to see that the fruits of your labor as far as the dollars come in from your work. And now you can start, to build out this kind of path to success you can really start to think with a, with a longer view and with a bit more resources that are not driven towards other humans in your house to make some decisions about how you want to sort of write the next chapter in your life.
0: Absolutely. And another kind of piece of that that dollar figure that I want to bring up is people who don't have kids aren't just randomly gifted with $270,000 that they would have spent on a kid when that child that they would have had would have turned 18. That's where I think financial planning really comes in and gains importance for millennials is that You know, we could just go out and spend all that money on avocado toast rather than taking care of kiddos. But the savings piece is so key.
1: Yeah, it it gives you this ability to be extremely intentional. Right, you 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 don't have things cropping out of nowhere. Oh, kid needs braces, whatever. Right, you have this much much greater control, sort of tightness around w- what your cash flow plan looks like, where you're going to deploy those resources. If you have pets, right, you're going to have that similar sort of thing, but at a much different scale with cats or dogs or uh, you name it. I mean, maybe if you start getting into large animals, you might get into equivalent cost, but ultimately, you're in a much much more control, frankly. And planning becomes, I don't want to say easier, but planning becomes more reliable when you can control variables like that.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to bring up this word again, intentional. Um, It just allows you to set goals that really matter to you because there's you're taking out so much of the unknown that you can focus on what you want your future to look like because it's just you or just you and your partner.
1: Absolutely. So now that brings us over to our Gen Z folks who are probably at the point in life where having children is still a decision, not a part of the story at this point. And so it's, it's this opportunity to make that decision. And I think we could both probably share a little bit more about some of the things that went into our decisions when we were at, at the age that Generation Z is now. But but you know, maybe Regina, tell tell us a little bit more about what some of those factors were.
0: Yeah, I know we've talked about this quite a bit and I mentioned it earlier. Um, because I was in college at the time, that was really my my main thing. Thought my main concern, you know, I wasn't thinking about daycare, childcare, braces, those kinds of things. I was thinking like, do I want to put another human through college when I just got through it myself? I don't know. It's really expensive, and um, my parents took care of of my first round of college for me, and so that was kind of where I based my thought. Like my parents did it for me. If I have a kid, I'm going to do it for them. Do I really want to foot that expense? And so that really led me down the path of, you know, I don't have to follow that life, that life script. I don't have to have a, an expensive wedding. I don't have to have kids. I can write my own story here. Yeah.
1: No, that's that's fantastic. For, for me, and this is fairly personal, you know, to me, I don't think I've shared this a whole bunch, but, but one of the big things for me with having kids, I mean, there, there was two main parts to it. Um, one was I'm a part of a very small family. And so I just sort of felt that almost, uh, instinctual desire to kind of continue the family, to grow it, to have children that would bring along all of the things that, that represent myself and, and Casey's biology, I suppose. Another one was just probably not necessarily the care aspect of it, you know, make people so I can have someone take care of me when I'm older. But the reality was that it was definitely part of me thinking about as I age and and when my time comes, just, you know, not being alone, having children there to just, just sort of, you know, reflect upon memories and, and things, you know, in my life that were important. So that was that was a part of my you know decision making to have children, and so you're going to find this from both angles. And sometimes the finance of it all isn't going to be the most important factor.
0: Yeah, I uh, I can share a little more here too. Um, I'm I come from a similarly small family, being an only child, and so luckily my parents accepted the fact that I decided not to have kids really well. They're very supportive, and kind of on the other the other bright side, my partner's family is is a really big family. Um, and Jason, you you mentioned um, a little bit about care and you know, having that kind of natural circle of family around you as you age. And I think if we look at this from Gen Z's point of view, You'll want to build in a really strong friend group, like build your own family with people who you know as you age so that you have that when you get to, you know, the age that baby boomers are now. Really enriching your friendships on, of course, on the non-financial side is is a really important consideration for people who are considering now, like, will I have kids? Will I not? If I don't, what's my life going to look like?
1: It's it's almost yeah, like investing your personal capital, right? There is probably a good sort of analogy between the finance and non-finance there. You're investing your uh, relationship and personal capital well early on, knowing that eventually you may not have kids you know as you age and and perhaps for me because I may not be the best investor of of relationship and personal capital, maybe that was a part of the decision making and in, in some of that there. so no it's a great point for sure
0: no self-deprecating humor here, Jason, but I knew that you would um, find the nexus between the two there that was great. And that brings me to some of the things that Gen Zers should really think about if they are considering having kids or not. You know, quite a few people in Gen Z are getting close to graduating college or have recently graduated. So maybe think about what your income looks like over your life. From the day we start working to the day we stop working, most of us have a finite amount of money that we will earn over our lifetimes. How do you want to spend that? Do you want to invest in having a child and having children and growing your family? Would you? Rather 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 invest in yourself in experiences. That sounds a little bit selfish, but I have to remind our listeners, it is not selfish to not want kids. It is not selfish to have kids. It is your decision to spend your money in whichever ways make you feel fulfilled. But yeah, you you have to really think about what you want to do with that finite amount of money.
1: And, And I think that leads us beautifully into today's takeaways, which number one for me is that Frankly, not all sinks and dinks are wealthy, right? Financial planning is still a crucial part of this equation. Kids, no kids, cats, No cats, dogs, no dogs.
0: My own very spoiled cat is on my lap right now. So,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Next takeaway, um, certain financial planning aspects are more crucial for people without children. If you don't have kids, that long-term care piece is really going to come in, um, whether it's the long-term care insurance or a long-term care plan, at least have the plan. Another piece that we didn't really talk about through this that really applies to all working age people is long-term disability, especially for singles. So if you are a sink, making sure that you have a a long-term disability plan so that you have money coming in if you were to become disabled is very, very important.
1: That income piece, I mean, just being able to replace income in a scenario of a lasting, unforeseen disability, huge. Very, very important. Uh, finally, having kids doesn't mean that someone is going to be able to take care of you in your old age. It doesn't mean that they're going to be around, doesn't mean that they're going to be able to. Their professional lives may take them elsewhere. They may not have the resources to help. So as far as that part of the decision-making and thinking about having children as sort of that fail-safe or relief valve for you as you age, remember that's, that's not always a sure thing.
0: And a little bonus takeaway here, do your estate planning. Make sure that everything is set up to happen according to your wishes.
1: Yeah. I mean, for sure, right? Estate planning is a short bit of pain for a lot of reward, and it's worth it. it. It is awkward conversations and lots of things to consider, but the payoff for it is just immense to yourself and everyone around you.
0: So um, what feedback do you have for us for this episode? Reach out or send us your episode idea, uh, podcast at fpfoco.com.
1: And next time, enjoy the family planning and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Jason Spessener and Regina Neenan are investment advisor representatives of Financial Planning Fort Collins, a registered investment advisor. The information in this podcast is provided for general educational and entertainment purposes only. It may not apply to you or your specific circumstances and should not be considered financial, investment, or tax advice.